Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Scott David Chase. This is my truth. Tell me yours. On this episode, I spoke with Nate Newton. Nate is the bass player in Converge as well as Caven, and he plays guitar in Old Man Gloom and Doom Riders, and he does vocals in the the last three of those bands as well. Uh, he's also one of the co-founders of Wise House Coffee based out of Amesbury, Massachusetts. So I, uh, Nate was kind enough to give me a little bit of his time and went to his house in Massachusetts and just, you know, a few days before he's getting ready to leave on uh, Caven's U.S. tour. So uh, we talked for a little over an hour, uh, talked about all the different bands he plays in, talked about coffee, um, talked about Caleb Schofield's passing and kind of, you know, all his musical family moving through that and, uh, yeah, it was a really great conversation. Really enjoyed it and really appreciate Nate taking the time to uh, sit down and talk to me for it. So uh, looking forward to seeing Cave-In uh, in a couple weeks in Boston. And uh, this should be coming out. Cave-In's U.S. tour should be beginning uh, the day this comes out. So, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll attach the dates to that. If you get the opportunity, if they're coming through your city, I absolutely recommend checking them out uh you will not be disappointed but uh yeah uh please enjoy my conversation with nate newton Thanks, man. um so since since we we're talking about wise house when i first walked in i let's Let's talk about coffee first and foremost. Sure, let's talk about it. How did uh, how did you how did you get involved in coffee roasting? Um, I kind of fell into it. Um, yeah. My friend Walter, who's my partner at Wise House, mm-hmm. he he's been working in coffee for quite a long time now, and he was out in San Francisco. And every time I came through on tour, he would mm-hmm. always, you know, bring me coffee and just all kinds of shit like that and you know i would always tell him like man there's just nothing out here right like this here in massachusetts yeah yeah and uh he was like yeah man maybe one day i'll move back and we can we can start roasting i'm like cool and so he's from here originally yeah he's from amesbury originally and uh yeah he called me up one day and he was like hey moving the family back you want to do this? Right. And I was like, oh shit, for real? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. So that's basically it. How long ago was that? It was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been slow going with getting the shop open. Right. But um, as far as the actual roasting and, and like selling stuff wholesale and um, doing uh, online ordering and stuff, it's it's going well. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, we're just dealing with all the... All the red tape of trying to get the shop open. It's yeah. going to be right in downtown Amesbury, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, a historic district, I'm assuming. Uh, I guess, yeah. Yeah. I, I just didn't know if that had anything to do with some of the red tape or whatnot. Um, no, it's all just dealing with, like, business inspectors food. and shit like that. Sure. But it's, it's getting done. It's just, you yeah. know, 
as anyone who's opened a business can tell you, that shit can be frustrating. Yeah. yeah. But it's fine. Right on, right on. Um, so, you, you know, you were talking about uh, Doom Riders playing a festival earlier this year. So you're currently in four active bands, and you're a parent, yeah. and you're a business owner. Yeah. How do you... <laughs> How do you how do you find the time? I don't. Yeah, I'm just make it work. Yeah, I, I'm. I don't sleep much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I kind of just hope. <laughs> right. I, I just my problem is I say yes to too much stuff and then you know figure it out after the fact. I figure it out after the fact that yeah. I end up looking at a calendar and I'm just like, holy shit, how yeah. am I going to do this? Yeah. But um, yeah. That's how it goes. I just, uh, I remember, you know, the I, I went to the Boston uh, tribute show for Caleb last year. And, I mean, it was five or six hours of music, something like that. And yeah. talking to some friends afterwards, and like, it was, must have been great to see those bands. I was like, it was, and it was great to see kind of the community come together. But I was like, fuck, Nate Newton was like MVP that night. Like, <laughs> it, it was it? Four out of the five bands you were on stage with in some capacity. Yeah, it was uh, it was a lot. Yeah, it was brutal because the the very next morning, like really early, Converge was flying out to Europe to start a tour. Yeah, and it didn't hit me like until you know I was getting on the plane just how beat up I was from that show. Sure, and I did not recover. Like the whole tour, I was just like, "Oh my just god!" Just dragging from that. Yeah, it wrecked me. Plus, um, jet lag, like throwing that on top of jet lag. I can't even imagine. I just, I was out on the West Coast for ten days. I came back like three days ago, and I'm just starting to get back in. The oh yeah, now. and Europe, it's twice as much just to fly over there. Yeah, yeah, it's. I feel like I've been in perpetual jet lag for like twenty years, right? Because I just never. I, I'm never back on a normal schedule. Sure. Like even when I am, it's like for a short time. And, right. You know, I still wake up at like 2 a.m. every night and mm-hmm. just, I'm like, all right, well, guess I'm awake now. <laughs> so, yeah. Does it like when you're out on the road for a while and you come back home, does it take a little while for your bed to feel comfortable again? Or is it as soon as you get there, you're like, all right, I'm home. Um, it's kind of never. I'm yeah. always just like, I, I, whatever. I just don't sleep much. Right. I mean, that's just kind of what it comes down to. Right. Like, I, I don't know why that is. Huh. I should probably look into that. <laughs> <laughs> CBD oil seems to help. Yeah. But um, I've heard that from a lot of people. Yeah. But I don't know. Do you, I mean, do you have like a go bag or whatnot? Like when you're, do you have like a bag by the door that's ready for, for touring all the time? Or do you like ever like unpack or I, mean, I unpack, but yeah. yeah, for the most part I do. Yeah. I, I have like my tour stuff. That's just, there it is. Yeah. Fill it, fill the bag up. Let's go. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, it changes from band to band, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, changing from band to band. Um, so you're, so you play bass, in Converge and now in Cave-In. Yeah. But you play guitar in Old Man Gloom and Doom Riders. Which, did you start out as a guitar player or bass I player? started out with guitar. Was Converge the first band that you played bass in? Um, 
No. I, uh, like, growing up in Virginia, uh, like, I filled in on bass for, like, my friends' bands and stuff. But yeah. I, I was, I didn't own a bass until I joined Converge. Gotcha. So you consider yourself, like, a guitar player first and then? I don't know what I am. Because I'm not a good guitar player, you know, compared to, like, the other guys that play guitar sure. in my other bands, I'm nowhere near as good as they are. So I don't know. I, I think I'm probably a much better bassist than I am a guitarist. Interesting. Do you, when you're writing, do you write primarily on guitar first? Yeah, usually. I gotcha. Um, so, you know, the, your, your first full album with Converge, Jane Doe, which, you know, yeah. uh, it has kind of has a life of its own at this point, separate from Converge. I mean, it, you know, the, the cover art has become a huge symbol and whatnot. And that's, you know, when I talk to people about Converge, obviously a lot of people know that, but even people who don't necessarily listen to heavier music, if I show them the image, they're like, oh, that band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that was... So you guys were a five-piece. That was the last album where you guys were a five-piece. Yeah. So after Aaron left the band, was there ever a conversation about adding another guitar player? Was it ever... Did you ever think about being the, taking over and then getting another bass player? How did that go? I mean, there may have been talk of that for like 10 minutes or sure. something. But I, I think we all just knew, like, four-piece. Let's just... Keep it simple. Sure. And um, I, I remember the first tour we did as a four-piece, we were all kind of like, I don't know, can we do it? Is right. this going to work? Right. And then, um, yeah, we just got some more amps. Sure. And sure. it worked. Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, and no slight to Aaron at all, but uh, you guys sound even tighter as a, as a four piece, you know, I, well, I saw I mean, you. there's less people. So sure. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, was, was Steve Brodsky the bass player immediately before you or was there someone? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was, he was in the band right before me. Yeah. So you ostensibly replaced him in converge. And then after Caleb's passing all of a sudden or not all of a sudden, but you know, yeah. you're now, bandmates with him in two bands yeah uh, uh um but you so you play bass in cave-in and he's playing bass in old man gloom now yeah do it's, you, it's funny how we switch, switch roles there um do you guys have a lot of conversations about like how the fuck did he play this part how the fuck like are you, oh constantly yeah yeah and then singing it singing caleb's parts and, and playing them especially i'm like what like what a fucking voice he had first sure. off, but just like his phrasing and stuff and yeah. like his cadence was very different than than the way I I do things and I'm like how how did he like get enough breath to do this? Sure, you know? Sure. I remember um at that tribute show when you guys played Trepening and I was just I mean I'm sure a lot of people were just watching you, but I was just like God, that looks tough as shit. And like he it just made <laughs> he he just made it look so effortless. Yeah. Um not that you know, you did a bad job. You did a fantastic job. Oh, thank you, but no, I It was just I was I just like, "Oh my you. god, I, I can't even imagine." Serpents is harder than that one. Serpents, really? I was like, "A, how do you remember all these words?" Right. B, like 
it's a lot of fucking words. Like, yeah. holy shit, dude. Yeah. I breathe. I had a, uh, I, I had a friend who I was, you know, um, it was, it, <clears throat> I spoke to Santos last month and, uh, right after that, I was catching a younger friend up, uh, not just about the conversation, but you know, about Caleb and Caven and whatnot. Cause she, um, you know, full disclosure, Caven's my favorite band has been for awesome. for a while. And it, it was a w- interesting thing, you know, getting to know some of the guys over the years. And I was like, Oh, it's weird that like my favorite guitar player in the world is now a friend of mine. Yeah. But, so explain, I'm explaining the whole history of the band to a friend. And so I, you know, put on final transmission from my phone and I was just explaining, you know, the first track, the, where it's just Caleb and an acoustic guitar and it played. And I, I was giving her the history of it. And then, cause my phone was on shuffle serpents comes up right away. And I was just like, this is also the same guy. I was yeah. like, so, you know, the, I was like, yeah, he's very, uh, multifaceted, multifaceted, very talented guy. Yeah. Um, I, <clears throat> when I talked to Santos, you guys were in, <clears throat> in the midst of the second session for the new yeah. old man gloom record. Um, is the, is the record all done? You still have to do vocals. We still have to do vocals and mix. Um, I'm sure there will be like some guitar overdubs sure. and shit like that. But yeah, are you? I know you guys are going to be out on the West Coast. Are you doing vocals when you're when you're there, or is that at a later time? I genuinely don't even <laughs> know how I'm going to do it. Right. To be honest, um, I think I might be able to squeeze some time in at God City. Mm-hmm. While Kurt's working on some other shit, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to be able to, like, uh, his assistant, Zach, has a little room set up upstairs. Yeah. And I think th- the idea is I'm going to go in the closet in that room and record, record vocals. Um, and then Steve has, like, a little mobile recording setup that he's going to bring with him on the uh, cave-in tour coming up. And I think the two of us are going to try and knock out some of the vocal tracks while we're on tour. Right on. And Aaron will do them out in Washington, do his vocals. That's got to be, I mean, has there ever been a point in old man Gloom's history where all four or five members, when you had uh, a fifth member where you all lived in the same, you know, time zone even? Yeah. 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 Like I think, um, I mean, like seminar one and two mm-hmm. are probably the the only time there were. There was was Christmas. I don't even know if if we all lived in the same place when we recorded Christmas. At that For, Santos and I talked a lot about that record because that's that's my favorite old man gloom record, and he was talking about what a disjointed process that was. So it sounds like part of it you guys were and then part of it you weren't yeah I mean he probably remembers more right. of it than I do like right. I I don't I, <laughs> I, I there's so much shit that I don't remember like right. I get tagged in Instagram posts all the time of mm-hmm. like show flyers and like pictures of shows and stuff and like oh remember this one I'm like no. I have no recollection of that show ever right. happening right so well I mean being in four bands I mean 20 plus years of music. I mean, do you have any idea like roughly how many shows you've played? No. Yeah. 
No clue. Yeah, at least <laughs> ten. At least yeah. ten. Yeah, more than ten. Yeah. yeah. Um. So just just last week, it was the tenth anniversary of Darkness Comes Alive, Doom Riders record. Um, Another thing I didn't know until uh, well, I mean, Instagram. How, <laughs> how are you going to keep up with that stuff? Yeah. I mean, with Instagram and Facebook now, literally every day is National Something Day, and yeah. oh, did you know it's the twelfth anniversary of this? Album? I'm like, how the fuck would I remember that? Yeah, like, like I don't even care. Yeah. You know, not to sound like a dick or anything, but I've always kind of just been moving forward on to the next thing. Like, yeah. yeah, did that. It's done. Right. Let's start the next thing. You know, I didn't realize till this year that uh, Nine Inch Nails, The Fragile and You Family both came out on different years, but came out because, you know, it was the 20th anniversary and the 15th anniversary of that. So it's like, oh, that's amazing. They came out on the same day. I'm like, well, they didn't. They came out five years apart. Yeah. But I was like, there's only 365 days in the year. Eventually, something's going to happen yeah, on things, the same day as something else. Things link up. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, which, that, that's my favorite Converge record, too. That's just... Oh, thank you. That's the one that I just keep coming back to. I mean, I love everything, but that's the one that I'm just like, when people are like, oh, what should I check out? Everyone says Jane Doe. I'm like, that's a great record, but my personal favorite, this is... And that was the first one as a four-piece. Yeah. That's just... It's got a grittiness and just an immediacy to the to the playing on it that I'm just like this is this is my fucking shit right here. I feel like you fail me as a record where we came into our own. I, I, I it it might not have all of my favorite songs on mm-hmm. it, but I think it might be my favorite record just for what it represents to to me. Sure, you know, like that was the record when we were like, okay, this is the band. This yeah. is who we are. Yeah, you know, Jane Doe was more of like it was a departure in us kind of setting a precedent for ourselves just saying we don't have to be what people expect sure and then you fail me was us really you know backing that up because people definitely when it came out people didn't didn't know what to expect sure you know sure people were like i mean i remember when jane doe came out the reviews were not positive. Right. You know, people didn't like it. People right. were like, what is this? This this isn't what you are. Right. And so, you know, after, I think there were, there were three years between those records or right. something. And like, over that time, I don't know, I guess people came around or whatever and it, it started gaining some popularity and all of a sudden, everyone was like, all right, yeah, Jane Doe is a good record, or I, I guess. Right, and uh, so when we put out a new one that was nothing like Jane Doe, right, people were like, "Wait, what the fuck? You said this is what you were doing. Now you're doing this. Like, we don't do what you want. Right, <laughs> right. Which I think, I think, is part of what, at least from you know, music fans that I know who people who I consider lifers who just are into music and once there's a band that they connect with, they, they're just like, all right, this is, this is my band, yeah. whatever. I think that's one of the things that over and over again, I hear people, why Converge just resonates with people is that, okay, this is what we do. If you like it, awesome. Yeah. If not, that's cool too. We're going to do what we're going to do because so many bands it feels like, you know, like, all right, we got to figure out what we need to do to cater to the audience and yeah. whatnot. It's just, you know, the audience has to kind of rise to 
what you guys are doing. Well, I mean, listen to us. We're we're not capable of doing that. You know, like <laughs> right. everybody is talented, super creative in their own right, but you know, we we, we don't have the that I don't really know what the word is. Like I, we're just not able to make music that caters to a wider audience. Sure. It's just kind of like, here's what we do. Right. Right. You don't have to like it. Right. We get it. We kind of don't want you to like it. Right. So, you know, yeah, that was also, uh, you found me was the first record on epitaph records. Yeah. Which I know at the time, some people scratch their heads a little bit about, you know, if, for those who are listening, which if they're listening and don't know what that is, I'm surprised, but Brett Gerowitz from Bad Religion founded it a thousand years ago. And yeah. it was, you know, a, a lot of like West Coast punk rock originally, but, you know, they had done a lot of stuff other than punk rock, even before, you know, they, had, Tom Waits yeah. has worked them. Um, uh, they put out an atmosphere record, you know, hip hop. Yeah. So they, they were doing a lot of interesting stuff. A lot of that stuff was on anti though. Right. Right. And, um, at that point, I, I like, I think that I probably wanted to be on the anti more. Sure. But they were really adamant about wanting to have us on epitaph. And mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. They, they, I think they just wanted to rebrand. Sure. Something, you know, well, anti to me has always felt like, sort of the adult label to the epitaph. It's, you know, yeah. the, the, the people who listen to NPR, but also buy records, they'll yeah. buy stuff that's on anti, but they wouldn't buy an epitaph record necessarily. Yeah. But yeah, so that makes sense. Um, was there, from your perception, was there, did you hear a lot of pushback about that when you signed to that? Um, maybe a little, right. You know, I, I, there, no matter what you do, there's always going to be people that don't get it. Sure. And I mean, even people who were supportive of us and supportive of the decision didn't quite get it. Sure. You know, they, in that, you know, they were like, this is great. This is a huge statement that you're making. And like, you know, that means you're ready to take the next step to do this and this and this. And we're like, we're not taking any steps. We just wanted to be on a label that could just put out our records. Yeah, and, that's yeah. just cool with what we're doing. And sure. Willing to just let us steer our own ship. Right. And um, that's really a, all it came down to. But yeah, there were definitely people that, you know, were like, what the fuck? Right. You know, it's not a hardcore label. Right. Like, well, we're not. I mean, I, we, we are a hardcore band just based on our ethos and where, you know, where we come from. Right. But we're not really concerned with that right you know so i, I don't know it's, yeah it's a hard thing to to explain or i i don't even know if i fully understand it to be sure. honest sure people ask what we what kind of band i'm in and i'm like i don't know i i tried to explain it to you know because i you know i have friends who listen to pop i have friends who listen to country i have friends who listen to you know every different type of music imaginable and you know i talked to a couple people in the last few days and they're like what's the next thing you're doing? I'm like, I'm talking to this guy from the band Converge. And they're like, I've never heard of them. What kind of music is it? I was like, it's sort of punk rock. It's sort of heavy metal. It's sort of a lot of things, but it's kind of none of them, but also kind of all of them. Yeah. I mean, whenever people ask me, like I always get into this conversation with 
other parents like sure. it's at the schoolyard and shit, sure you know and they're just like oh you're in a band yeah like oh god <laughs> yeah, yeah what kind of music do you play I'm like i don't know it's loud yeah and they're just, just like just take a look at me it, it no, we like, sound like what i look like what do, you, what do you mean like you know like heavy metal like metallica like no yeah no i i usually just say it's somewhere between slayer and black flag i I don't know sure and usually then they're just like i don't know what that means and right. like, yeah, like i know that's exactly and yeah. that's and if you heard it you wouldn't know what it meant yeah if yeah. you heard it you would just stop talking to me so let's just leave it. <laughs> let's just not let's just <laughs> let's just address the fact that we have kids who go to school together yeah and that's okay yeah yeah that's funny um you know you you mentioned epitaph being kind of cool with letting you guys do your own thing, which, you know, a, a lot of the kind of auxiliary converge releases are on Jacob's death wish label. And was that, was that a difficult conversation or were they just no, like, cool? No, they were, they were cool with it. Yeah. You know, they, they've been really, really supportive of just about everything yeah. that we do. I, I think they realize that this whole thing, it's not just, you know, a band putting out a record on right. a label. It's th- there's an ecosystem here, mm-hmm. and each thing is dependent upon the other. Yeah, and everything that we do on, you know, with, with Death Wish, in some way, is going to come back to to Epitaph. Absolutely, because you know our albums are on Epitaph, right. and vice versa. So it, it's, you know, they've always just been. I mean, one of the things that they even that that uh, Brett even said to us when when we first met with him was just like, you know, you guys are obviously doing your own thing and in control. Right. You, you know what you're doing. Yeah. He, all I want to do is make it so you can keep doing that. Yeah. So we don't want to get in the way of that. Yeah. We just want to, you know, put you in a position where you're able to continue creating and doing things the way you want to do them. Yeah. And they've been very cool about it. You know, like I think as far as that stuff goes, we're pretty low maintenance. Yeah. You know, we're literally, we'll be like, Hey, we want, we want to put out a record next year. When do we need to turn it in? Right. On this day. Okay, cool. Yeah. You know, like talk to you then. And then literally we're like, here are the masters. Here's the artwork. Here's this. Here's all the ad material. Here you go. Right. And then they're just like, okay, cool. We got it. Right on. I mean, there's more to it than that. But. Sure. But that, yeah, in essence, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but pretty much from you fail me on, you guys have pretty much produced the records in house. Uh, just yeah. Kurt working on it. Was there, I'm guessing the answer is no, but was there ever anything, any suggestions of, Hey, maybe work with this producer or it was just, you guys know how to make your own records. Um, no, it was just like, all right, Kurt's got a studio. He's close. Right. He's good at what he does. Right. I think it would be unbearable for him to work with another producer. Sure. And not just for him, but for us. Sure. Too, and for the other producer. Yeah. Because he, he, you know, is so focused and has such a concise idea of what he wants and how things should be. Yeah. That I, you know, I think it would be difficult for all involved. Yeah. And so it's, you know, 
just like with the artwork and and everything else you just we all just trust the process sure you know um yeah yeah there you go how's the um how's the songwriting with converge where i mean do you guys get together and work on stuff or do you guys kind of come in separately with pieces of stuff and then kind of bash it out that way all of the above yeah um I mean, sometimes Kurt or I will come in with a complete song. Mm-hmm. That's kind of rare at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when I'm writing music with a band, usually um, I don't come in with a full, with fully written songs mm-hmm. because I want to see where other people are going to take it. Yeah, you know, like I'll come in with like a rough idea, like, "Hey, I have these." These parts, I know that I know that I want them to follow this trajectory. Right. Beyond that, let's just see what happens. Yeah. You know, and then because like I do my best work when you know, like I I give someone an idea and they're like, oh, that's really cool, and then they start playing something over it, and I'm right. like, I didn't hear that. Right. That's awesome. Let's explore that, and then the, the next thing you know, this thing that was like. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That's kind of catchy. It's become yeah. this, it's taken on a whole other life where yeah. all of a sudden it's like, I never even, I had this song and there was a whole other song in it that's way better than the song right. I had. So, right. yeah. Right. So I, I really, what's the point of being in a band if you're not going to collaborate? Sure. You know? Sure. When you're, when you're writing or when you get an idea for a song, do you, you know, and I, I've wondered this about musicians who are in more than one band. Um, if you get an idea, are you like, oh, this would be great for Old Man Gloom, this would be great for Converge, or... Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, there's crossover sometimes. Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of it is just literally who's in the room with me when it happens. Sure. You know, because, like, I write on my own, but it's mostly just like, Oh, here's, here's a few riff ideas that I like. Sure. Then we get together and like, you know, start jamming. And the next thing you know, it's like, Oh yeah, I thought that was going to work for doom riders, but you guys just took that in a completely different direction. And it's way better than I thought it was going to be. So, Yeah. yeah. And I mean, sometimes it's something as simple as like a change of scenery or, you know, plugging into an amp I've never played before. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, this sounds really cool. The next thing you know, you've just made made some dumb little riff that you're like, whoa. Yeah. And then the guy standing across the room is like, play that again. And right. then the next thing you know, there's a song. Right. You know? Right on. Do you um when you're when you're writing lyrics, do you write those after music? Do you have like a notebook of lyrics and be like, I think I've got something that'll fit this? How does that work for you? Um Again, all of the above. But I, I fucking hate writing lyrics. Yeah. Like, I, I don't feel like I'm good at it. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I I just, I don't like being a front man. Yeah. You know, even in Doom Riders, like, I have a lot of fun, but I still, it, it stresses me out. Yeah. And, like, I just, it's, you know, in that particular group, it works. But it's, I don't, I just don't enjoy that aspect of it. That's a... a about two years ago, I talked to Adam McGrath. He had just, 
he had just gotten back from his first tour with Wear Your Wounds, and he was basically said the same sentiment about Nomad Stones. He's just yeah. like, I'll do it, but I, I don't feel comfortable yeah. doing it. Um, which is which is interesting. I mean, how, so how did how did Doom Riders come about then? Because uh, you were already in Converge at that time. Was it some um, downtime from Converge? Or no, actually, it started the the idea of it started before I even moved to Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, so uh, I was friends with Chris Papecki yeah. from back when he was in Cast Iron Hike. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they would come through town and I'd go see them play and my old bands would come through town and yeah. vice versa. We, we were always into each other's music. But yeah. we'd always end up talking about music for a long time. Yeah. Just, you know, kind of realized we were into a lot of the same shit. Especially, and, and it was stuff that at the time was like, not popular, especially mm-hmm. with people that were into hardcore, you know? Right. So like, like what? I mean, we were into all, all like the man's ruin stuff and mm-hmm. like, um, weird psych, like heavy, old heavy psych stuff. Yeah. And just like, just stuff. I don't know. It, it's funny. Like stuff that now it's like everyone says is yeah. Uh, I fucking love Electric Wizard. Right. It's like you didn't love them then. Right. You know, like I love the obsessed. And I'm like I saw the obsessed in front of eight people. Right. And you were not there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. You. Yeah. You were at a ten yard. Well, I, I remember. <laughs> I remember when uh, was it the Church Within was at the last. Uh, yeah, the major label record. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember when that came out and, you know, cause it was like, they were on the same label and it was like six months after Warrant's Cherry Pie had come out. Yeah. Which, you know, I, that's what I was into at the time. Cause that's what was popular. And yeah. it's right when I started getting into, you know, quote unquote heavy music, which thinking of Warrant as a heavy band now is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I just remember seeing it. I was like, oh, this must be similar. And just being like, what the fuck is yeah. this? But, you know, I was a. 14 year old kid at the yeah. time yeah and then going back to it later i was just like oh this band's amazing but it yeah. took me another 10 years to kind of get it yeah totally i mean growing up in virginia bands like the obsessed were just like you knew about them sure you know like i knew about pentagram i i didn't have pentagram records but i knew who they were sure just by virtue of being so close to yeah to baltimore um but the obsessed they always had that connection to the dc hardcore scene so you know, that's how I was introduced to them. And then like the connection to St. Vitus and St. Vitus being on SST. Right. Like, so all of that stuff, like I was just aware of it. And, you know, especially where I grew up, like there weren't a shitload of shows. So like if there was a show coming to town that was like out of the ordinary, I, you just went because right. what the fuck else were you going to do? Right. You know? So like, um, yeah. So I don't know. Chris and I met and like kind of bonded over all that stuff. And, you know, I told him I was moving to Matt and we talked about jamming. Mm-hmm. We, we should jam together sometime. And yeah. like, yeah, you live in Massachusetts. I live in Virginia. That's totally going to work. Right. <laughs> then I joined Converge and then, you know, I, I was moving. Right. So I was like, dude, I'm moving up there. Yeah. He's like, well, let's fucking jam. And so he and I just jammed together, like just the two of us yeah. playing guitar for like a few years before we even found a drummer yeah. to play with, you know? So yeah, it, it, it pretty much started right 
right, right the same when time. I, yeah, right about the same time I joined Converge, and I joined Old Man Gloom. Maybe bef- technically before I joined Converge, mm-hmm. might right around the same time, yeah. same year, but it might have been like a little bit before yeah. because Aaron was sending me the demos when I was still in Jesuit. Okay. Or he sent me meditations before it came out. When right. I, when I was in Jesuit, it was meant to just be a demo. And he was like, yeah, I want you to be in this, right. this band with me. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool. Right on. And, uh, yeah. Was that, and, uh, Santos was saying that, you know, Caleb had asked to join the band, which yeah. they, he thought was funny, but was that around the same time too? He yeah maybe within a year yeah but probably less than and you that. guys all knew each other before you yeah. you were in well I I didn't meet Santos until the first time I think the first time I actually practiced with Old Man Gloom because he had lived in New Mexico and I right. just knew that he was friends with Aaron right and that was it and uh, yeah it was funny I remember we went to ISIS's practice space and started jamming together and, and like, you know, here's Aaron with this massive fucking amp that's like louder than everything. <laughs> and Santos, who literally had just started playing drums yeah, and like, wasn't even hitting them hard enough for you to hear what he was doing. Right. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening in here right now? And, you know, like this dude can't even play drums. Right. You know? But, uh, yeah. Again, just like I was saying with Converge, with Aaron, you really got to trust the process. Sure. And he, when he's got a vision, you got to let him see it through. Sure. And he had a vision with Old Man Gloom. Yeah. It was just like, you know, nope, Santos is the drummer. And yeah. I was like, all right, cool. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's figure it out. Yeah. You know, and I mean, Santos has become a fucking incredible drummer. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And, uh, but yeah, the, that's the one thing I've learned probably from all of this stuff is like, trust the process. Yeah. You know, when somebody's got an artistic vision, hear it out and yeah. see what comes from it. Yeah. You know, because you, you never know where you're going to end up. Sure. Sure. Um, so going to sort of, you know, fast forwarding with old man gloom, you know, it talked to Santos and he's talked publicly about, after Caleb's death, uh, you know, Aaron having the conversation with him of, do you want to continue this? And, you know, he said, I think we have to, you know, yeah. how was that conversation with you? Cause obviously you're a part of the band as well. I think technically I may have had that conversation with those guys before they actually gotcha. had that conversation. Yeah. Like I made it clear, like, I think we should keep going. Yeah. You know, um, I, I was, I kind of made it really, like, really clear, like, I don't want to give this up. Yeah. And it also became really apparent to me. It, I mean, when, when shit like that happens, it makes you really aware, hyper aware of how much time you did not spend with a person. Sure. And it was, it was, I mean, it was a horrible time really everybody was just fucking broken down and sad yeah but we were all together and it made us all really it made me realize like fuck i i miss these people right i don't spend enough time with them sure i miss this band yeah you know like 
it was just a thing that we kind of took for granted. And we were like, yeah, we'll do, we'll do some stuff, you know, no big deal. We'll get to it, you know? And then that happened and it was like, you can't take it for granted. You have to do it. So let's, and I, I was very adamant about it. Like right away, like we need to do this. Sure. You know, we can't wait for awful things to happen to bring us all together. Absolutely. That was, you know, and I, I, I said this, this sentiment to Santos as well, but it was, it's been interesting and like emotionally educational for me. And I'm sure a lot of other people, and I don't even know if that's a thing, but like, you know, I've been, you know, a music diehard for 25 plus years. And obviously there's been bands I've listened to where someone has passed away and the band has continued or not and whatnot, but almost always it's the, you know, please respect privacy while we're going through it, which absolutely, you know, yeah. you're, cause first and foremost, you're all human beings, but everyone who kind of created with music with Caleb, um, has been to varying degrees, pretty, you know, talking about it in different degrees publicly. And I think, um, just, people I know who have been fans of the various bands, it's had a profound effect on them just seeing how you all move forward, not just as musicians, but as human beings. And I know for me, after the, after the, the tribute show in Boston, you know, at the very end where Aaron Turner was saying, you know, make sure you tell people you love them. It was like, you know, I'm, I'm 43. I was, 42, 41 at the time had a huge impact on me and like has really influenced kind of how I interact with those I care about going forward as well. And it's just like, you know, I'm not a religious guy. Yeah. And, but I'm like, we carry those we love in their memory. And I was just like, so that sort of for me, <clears throat> that's how I kind of honor the li- the little sliver of how I knew Caleb going forward is like, all right, well, this is how I'm living my life going forward. I got to let people know yeah. they're important to me and making the time for the people that are important. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's any number of ways that, that people deal with this stuff, sure. uh, obviously. And, you know, like you said, there are bands that are just like, please respect our privacy. Right. It just didn't feel like the right way to do it. Sure. You know, like, I I don't really know why any of us just chose to approach it that way. But like, because, you know, especially Old Man Gloom has always been this kind of enigmatic thing where it's like, we're kind of mysterious. You don't know what we're about, but at the same time, we're like really open about everything. Sure. You know, because we're fucking idiots and we just, all we want to do is make each other laugh. Right. But I, I think maybe this influenced us. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. In, in retrospect, I, I look back at it and, and, you know, there's always going to be those people that are like, you're just trying to fucking capitalize off of a terrible thing that happened. And, like, I don't think any of us wanted that to be, you know, 
even a factor. Sure. Like I think, uh, and I think we all wanted to make it very clear why we were doing it. Sure. You know, like we're doing this because we're friends and we love each other. This sure. is a family. And, yeah. you know, uh, I, I don't know. I just, it's a thing that, that people just don't fucking talk about. Sure. And I get why. Yeah. It's painful. But yeah. it's, it's like, people need to talk about it. Absolutely. And, and like, people need to be open about grief and about just the pain they're going through in their mm-hmm. lives at all. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I, I don't, we never really talked about, about that yeah. aspect of it. It was just like, yeah, this is, I, I think all it took was one person being open about it. And then it was just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do that too. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it felt good. Yeah. So, and the response, like you said, has been, it's been pretty overwhelming. Yeah. You know, people have been very supportive, but, not not only supportive but like you know thankful sure you know not just for caleb's sake but just for you know whatever they've gone through in their own lives sure so yeah i mean we're all we were all like you were saying you were 41 42 at the time yeah i'm the same age as you yeah um i think all of us just had that same realization at the yeah. same time where we were just like fucking don't don't bottle it up like, right be open right let the world know yeah and that kind of openness and honesty i think is what draws people to music to sure. begin with and so yeah i don't know i wish i had a better answer for you no that's i mean I don't even know if I had a question. It was more just like, you know, talking about it, but no, that's, that's absolutely like, uh, I think that's fantastic. And it's, I don't know, it's been like a tremendous thing just to see, um, kind of all of you guys working through it and, and moving forward. I don't think we would have been able to do it as well as we have had we not done it that way. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, also, you know, just like we were always friends and, you know, we would send each other silly text messages right. and shit. And like, you know, we had like a group text message where we would always just fuck around and make dumb jokes. Right. But like, you know, I, I didn't talk to Caleb a ton in, in the last few months. Right. And it was, and it, you know, it had a family. I have a family. We all, we all had shit going on, yeah. you know, and it was just like, I, you know, it's all good. See when you, I see cause, you. Cause you know, your friends are your friends no matter what. Right. But like I said earlier, you become hyper aware of how much time you didn't spend with, sure. with a person and how much time you wasted. And that's when it's like, all right, we can't fucking waste time anymore. Sure. And everybody needs to know this, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's been, it's been really helpful for all of us, you know, like it's definitely pulled all of us through this whole thing, you know, and I feel like everybody's come out of it, um, in a good, healthy place, you know, where we're all like every, everybody, you know, misses Caleb deeply. Yeah. But at the same time, we're, we, we've all been able to process it together and, be, and 
come through it together and have this respect for each other, knowing that we all went through the same thing and like, right. Or like, all right, now we need to make some fucking music because if Caleb knew that we weren't going to, he would be fucking pissed. Right. So go. Yeah. You know, how was the, um, I mean, you, uh, you, along with Caleb's brother played bass with Caven for that, the first show. Did his brother come out to LA for that show too? And then you went to Europe as well. How did, I mean, how did the conversation go past those about, uh, when Caven, you know, decided they were going to continue? How was that? Um, Was it much of a conversation or was it just sort of like, not really? Yeah. It was just kind of like, I think it was more of a conversation for the guy, the other guys in Caven. Sure. Was for me, you know, I made it clear from the get go, you know, like we, we were at Caleb's, um, service. Yeah. And I mean, everybody was just shell shocked, you know, mm-hmm. and like the guys are just, you know, in a haze in a funk. And I just, I was like, listen, you know, if you guys want to do a benefit show or something, not trying to push you into it. And I'm not trying to insert myself into anything, but if you want to do it, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. You know, just, I'm happy to. Yeah. And, uh, that got them talking and then they kind of came back to me and were like, we, we want to, we want to do it. We want to play a show. I'm like, cool. And, you know, in my mind, it was never going to go beyond that. Yeah. And then they were working on the record and stuff, and they decided they wanted to play more shows. And, you know, when I had a conversation with them, it was uh, basically all I said to them, and I've said this publicly, is like, all I want to do is make it so you guys can continue to mm-hmm. be cavemen. You know, like, I, I'm, I'm super excited to be a part of it and I really look forward to playing these songs and stuff but for, to me it would have been a tragedy if those three stopped playing music sure absolutely know, sorry I have a runny nose no, no worries it's that time of year in New England yeah because those guys I mean they've been playing together since high school right you know? Right. so uh, yeah it was just like whatever and like, they'd been playing together since high school. They'd been, like, family since high school. And this thing happens that, you know, could just completely end that. Right. And where does it go after that, you know? And I was just like, that's not that's not acceptable. Sure. You know, like, these guys should be playing music together. Absolutely. And if I'm in a position to... Facilitate to, that. Yeah, yeah. To, to make that happen, then I should do it. Sure. And so that's kind of... That that was it, really. When, yeah. what, so when they were like, do you want to keep doing this with us? I was like, do you want to keep doing this? And they were like, yes, we really do. And I'm like, then fuck yeah, let's do it. Right on. You know? You guys, uh, you guys provided like a soundtrack to Ashley Rose's... Uh, uh, oh, the the Fashion Week show? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you guys debuted a song that uh, you had contributed to the writing with is it? Is that my understanding? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'd call it a song. Right, some music though. Yeah, uh, but that was the first thing that I wrote and recorded with. Yeah, them. yeah. Um, it was a lot of fun. I mean, we did it all in the practice space. Like the guys all brought their 
I, I'm like, I'm, I'm a fucking Neanderthal when it comes to home recording. Like, right. I'm terrible. I don't yeah. know how to do any of this shit. Yeah. And those dudes are like, I mean, the two two albums they've done recorded in 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 a practice space. Right. So they came in prepared, man. They had mics and like all their own recorders and shit. Right. And they just figured it all out and you know, we, we wrote and recorded it in one night yeah. and uh sent it to Ashley and she really dug it and yeah, I mean I th- I think it came out awesome. And then watching the actual footage of the show yeah. with the music I was like, holy shit, this is, yeah. like, I liked what we did, but then when I saw the visuals with it, I was mm-hmm. like, dude, this is fucking killer. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys, have you guys released that at all? I no, mean, no. no. I, I think we probably will. There's, we, we've got some, some ideas. Sure. On, on what to do. Cause I, I'm, sh- I, well, I think we all are in agreement that if we're going to release that, it should be a collaboration with Ashley in some way. Right on. And we just need to figure it out. Figure out what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Um, and you, so that, cause when you guys, when Converge did the Jane live record, um, you know, yeah, the, it's either four or five artists did different yeah. variations on it. And so she did the one that's, kind of like the permanent cover, um, yeah. which in my friend, Karen Jerzyk, who's also been on this podcast. Yeah. Karen's great. Yeah. Karen's fucking awesome. She, it's funny. She landed in LA the day that I was flying back here. Oh, really? week. Yeah. She's doing this crazy stuff out in the Mojave desert. I right saw now. some of the stuff. It she, looks awesome. Did you see the, the tree that like, it's like, I guess supposedly the, the oldest living being on earth right now. It's like 1500 year old tree. Oh, wow. Just amazing. But, um, uh, you know, hop, hopping back to Jane Doe for a minute. Uh, what, what, like, what made you guys want to do a uh, do Jane Doe all together? I mean, it was part of what uh, Roadburn asked okay. us to do it. Gotcha. Um, like, would you guys consider doing this? And we were just kind of like, I guess. <laughs> like, you guys were doing the Blood Moon tour at that point. Yeah, right? and it, it was. Like, it, it was just a matter of like, well, the Blood Moon thing is, it, it was really expensive to make it happen. And, um, it, you know, we had this opportunity at Roadburn where we could stay another night and just play this other show right. that wasn't going to take a lot of effort because we knew all those songs already. Right. And make enough money between the two to fund the rest of to it. fund the rest of it right so on. it was like let's just do it yeah. you know because none of us are really into the whole doing a full album sure. live thing like i i don't know it's not really my sure we've done it a couple times now but i don't think it's something we want to make a habit out of yeah well it's uh, and that's become kind of a at this point almost a cliche when i see every it, particularly bands that have broken up and then got back together they're like hey we're dragging this dead horse around for a while and yeah. it's it could be an album I love, but and everyone thinks it's a great idea. But I've been to a few of those shows, and usually three songs in, you're like, "Well, I know what's coming next." And two songs later, I don't like that song, so I'm going to go get a coke and yeah. take a piss or whatever. Where, well, also the the way that you like pace a live set is not the way you pace an album, right? And you know, our albums in particular have like a 
they all each have their own kind of specific ebb and flow to them. But, you know, we have like a shitload of different guitar tunings. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, during a normal, yeah, during like a normal live set, we have, you know, like blocks of, of tunings. Whereas, you know, doing a record, beginning to end it's like all right well here's one song now we have to stop yeah (laughs) Yeah. right all right just wait hold on gotta switch guitars because it's different tuning right just wait right and it it, i don't know i I think it kind of kills the vibe but yeah whatever yeah who am i to judge if people want to see that when you going into that show i mean obviously you recorded it so you knew somewhat but was was there plans all along to release it as a live album or no i mean i, I think it was just i mean roadburn records everything sure and they usually give the the rights to the bands yeah. so um we just were like oh, maybe we'll get a good recording yeah we'll see yeah yeah i was going through my vinyl a couple of weeks ago and i was like i got a shitload of live at roadburn <laughs> albums i was like chelsea wolf Caven, you know i was just like that's that's cool. That makes sense. That if they record everything, yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people. I mean, obviously, with Caleb's passing, uh, Converge and Caven are, are certainly linked now. But there's always been sort of this camaraderie with those two bands in particular. And yeah. you know, there there's always been like. <sighs> You know, it's taken on like mythic proportions about the supposed, the, you know, the virgin sessions that you guys did. But uh, everything that came out from that has been released at one in one form or another at this point. For the most part, yeah. I think there were a couple of like themes that we never really. I mean, it, it was stuff that was it wasn't very good. Sure, you know, it was just kind of like, oh yeah, I mean. There's that riff right. that none of us cared about, you know. But mo- most of that got used um, on was it No Heroes? No Heroes, yeah. yeah. You probably know better than me. Well, I was, I was just I was going through looking at it, and I was just like, well, I'm sure that was that, and uh, yeah, because on one Converge album or another, all four of those guys from Caven had made an appearance at, yeah. at, at one point or another, but um, was it ever, was it ever actually in the works to make a collaborative album or was it just guys who like making music together, making music together? Um, I don't know if an album was ever, I think it was just like, Hey, let's just jam together and sure. see what happens. Sure. And then it, at that point it was at the height of when, both of our bands were like super, super busy. Right. And so we just never like, it, it never materialized. Sure. Um, yeah. And in some ways, uh, blood moon is kind of a culmination of that. At least, sure. you know, it, obviously it's only Steve, but, um, yeah, I mean, we've all worked together in various other projects. Right. You know, JR was in Doom Riders for a while. Right. And yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I, I have a friend who is from this area originally, but lives in Arizona. And, you know, every once in a while she'll, she'll be like, who are you talking to now? And, uh, I'll, you know, so I, I told her I was talking to you and she's like, 
what band is he in? I was like, he's in Converge. She's like, right. I was like, but also he's in Caven. She's like, wait, what? And then, so maybe about a year ago, I actually made her like a, a family tree and it was just like all the crossover and I, she's just like, how do you keep this shit straight? I'm like, because I don't follow sports. So I've, yeah. got that, I've got, it's the same, I think, gene. Yeah. But it's just like, I, I can't tell you Red Sox, you know, starting lineups, but I could tell you who's in what. But yeah, it's, you know, I was just trying to think of like, okay, well, these guys have played together in this, but also in this, and then this person with this. And um, is the, do, do you guys have any plans to release anything from the Blood Moon tour that you did? Um, I think, I think we wanted to, mm-hmm. but the, uh, I don't think anybody was happy with the recording from, sure. from Roadburn. Um, it was not the best show of that run. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of technical difficulties that happened during the set that mm-hmm. sort of just, I don't know. We, we, you listen back to it and it's like, oh yeah, like this would be so good if, if right. you know. And so we all just kind of decided to, to hold off on that. Gotcha. Because that was, that was Converge, but joined by Chelsea Wolf, Stephen Brodsky, and Ben Chisholm? Yeah. Gotcha. And, and Von Till did one song with us, too. Okay. I gotcha. But, yeah, I mean, we'll, we will eventually, in some form or another, re- release uh, music with that project. Gotcha. You know, I, I don't know if it'll be called Blood Moon. but Yeah. Yeah. That was the one thing that, because uh, before we were recording, I, I mentioned I had two brothers in Europe, and I was trying so because I was like, that sounds fucking amazing. I'd love to come over, and it just wasn't in the cards yeah. at the time. Man, I wish we had recorded the London show because yeah. that one was the one. Yeah, you know, my brother was living at London at the time, so I was like, I even I had a ticket to the show, and it just getting over to the continent, I was like, can't do it, can't yeah. do it. But you know. There'll be other shows. There will be others. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah. I'm, I'm not worried. It's uh, yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, that's life, you know, it is. Um, what, what came in song? Like, what are you most looking forward to playing out on the road? Oh man. Or, or maybe the other way, which, which one's the toughest for you at this point that you guys are going to be playing? Um, well, I don't want to spoil anything sure. by the stuff that we haven't played yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But uh, what's hard? I mean, a- anything where I have to sing. Yeah. Like, especially stuff like Serpents. Um, fuck, what else? I mean, there were a couple where the bass lines were like, what the fuck? Yeah. What is this? Yeah. How do you do this? Yeah. You know, like... Um, there's like one particular part in Off to Ruin that's really hard. Um, Luminance actually, was, I I was shocked at how like I was like, dude, he's like taking a walk all over the fretboard yeah. on this thing, the yeah. whole song. I'm like, damn, dude. <laughs> um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that like never occurred to me before. I had to learn the stuff, sure. learn the songs, like. You know, another thing in Luminance was like some of the time signatures are really weird that, and I never noticed it before because it's so catchy. And yeah, like, you think it's just a sort of a straightforward rock yeah, song. Yeah, and then you start counting, and you're like, wait a second, that's yeah, not at all what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. I'm like coming back to the one like two beats too early. I mean, right. you know, like okay, now I have to read 
you know, I have to flip my brain over and figure it out. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that, yeah. you know, and it, which in my mind just kind of points to how good of a band they are. Sure. You know, where you think that something is really simple. Yeah. And then when you really break it down, you're like, that is not simple at all. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, playing, I, I played a fair amount of cave in on my recent road trip out West and I had a friend with me for a while and, uh, at various points she'd be like, well, that guitar part was crazier. Listen to the drums here. I'm like, yeah, JR is one of the greatest drummers on the planet. Yeah. yeah. Steve Brodsky and Adam McGrath are two of, two of the greatest guitar players. And I was like, Caleb Schofield's a fucking phenomenal bass uh, player. It's yeah, just like, you know, he's a beast. I yeah. stole so much from him. Honestly. Like, yeah. He was the reason why I bought a precision bass. Right on. You know, like whenever he switched up his rig, I was always like, "What? What's what do you got going on? Yeah, yeah. Show me how to do this because I don't know how to do it." Did you guys talk bass a lot when you were doing Old Man Gloom tours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he. I mean, he never. He didn't need advice though. You know, sure. like the kind of stuff I would suggest to him. It was never like, "Have you tried this for your tone?" Right. You know, it was like. Dude, why are you? Why do you have batteries in all your pedals? Why don't you just get a power supply? Yeah, and like, just you know, like that kind of shit, right? You know, and like, he's like, because he just at that point, you know, he wasn't on the road all the time anymore, and he didn't, right. he didn't really care, right? And I would be like, dude, this would be so much easier if you just did this, and then yeah. he'd, he'd be like, oh, I didn't even think of that, right? Like, yeah, yeah, interesting. Interesting. Um, one, this was like a weird thing that I totally forgot about until last night. And I was like, I just gotta ask about that. How did the Cavalera conspiracy thing come up? That was one of the most random thing that's, things that's ever happened in my life. Yeah. It was bizarre, actually. Um, I was on tour with Doom Riders. We were in maybe Columbus, Ohio. I don't know, somewhere in Ohio. Yeah. We had just played a show with Full of Hell, actually. Okay. Um, it was on the High on, High on Fire tour, like High on Fire Cabeller Talk tour we did. We had a day off, and so we played a show with Full of Hell. And we had just loaded out of the show. Everybody had just gotten in the van. We were about to drive to where we were going to stay that night, and my phone rang, and it was this weird number from Arizona. Arizona, yeah. And I was like, who the fuck is calling me at 1 a.m. from yeah. Arizona? And I was like, hello? Is this Nate? Yeah. Nate, this is Gloria Cavalera. What? <laughs> this is Gloria Cavalera. Um, you, yeah, I'm assuming you knew who she was. I knew was. she was, yeah, yeah. but she. I, I was wondering if you'd like to play on Max's next record. And I was just like, who the fuck is this? Right. And she's like, it's Gloria Cavalera. I'm like, no, seriously. Yeah. Who the fuck is this? <laughs> it's Gloria Cavalera. Whatever. Click. <laughs> <laughs> and then she called back and she's like no I'm serious yeah. and I was like really Yeah. And, and she was like yeah Max really loves your music and he wants you to wants you to play bass on the next record I was right like on. I'm just looking at the other guys in the band they're all looking at me and I'm like yeah I'll do it sure Yeah. and cool I'll call you tomorrow or next week or whatever I'm like awesome nice to meet you Yeah. click Dudes are like, what, what was that? I'm like, Gloria Cavalera just asked me to play bass on the next Cavalera conspiracy <laughs> record. 
They're like, what? Yeah. But yeah, that's how it happened. Yeah. It, it was completely random. I have no idea how she got my number. Hmm. No clue. Yeah. She just called me up. And she's awesome. She's yeah. super cool. Max is super cool. Igor's fucking rad. Yeah. Like, I, I've gotten kind of tight with Igor. Um, Phenomenal drummer. Oh, he's incredible. And he, he's so fucking cool. And he's so not what you expected mm-hmm. him to be, you know? Yeah. Like, he was, he hit me up after that when uh, I was, because my, all I really know about, all I really knew about Igor was Sepultura up until Roots. Right. And then I kind of, it just wasn't my thing after that. Sure. And, um, cause he stayed for probably almost 10 years after Max had left. Yeah. 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 And I mean, Roots isn't really even one of my favorite records. Like sure. uh, Chaos AD. That's the sort of the high peak for yeah. me for Sepultura. Yeah. I mean, Chaos AD and everything before it, but especially Chaos AD, right. I fucking love. Yep. Um, not knocking roots, but it it didn't grab me. Yeah, so. it started going in a different direction. Yeah, and so like I just didn't really follow what Igor had been up to, and I didn't really know. I, I just I didn't really know much about him. Yeah, you know, other than yeah, he's a badass drummer. Yeah, and so he was like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna come to your London show, man, and I was like, killer. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, let's hang out, let's get dinner beforehand. I was like, all right. Yeah, and I was just like, what's this gonna be like? You was know, this Converge or Doom? It was Converge. Okay. And I was like, what's this going to be like? I, I, don't, I don't know this dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I get weird social anxiety shit sometimes. Sure. And the thought of, like, hanging out with a person I don't know in a social situation with, without, like, a specific agenda. Or agenda. Yeah. Like, I, I'm like, I don't know what to do. And mm-hmm. so I was a little, like, uh, you know, like, this is going to be fucking weird. I don't know. And then, so I, I'm like, I'm at this spot. And he's like, all right, I'll come meet you. And so like, I'm sitting there and he walks in and he's wearing a blast shirt. And I was like, we're cool. This is yeah. going to be all right. This yeah. is good. And then like, yeah, we, we've been, we've been pretty tight ever since. Right on. But he's got a new, a new band right now called Pet Brick. Is it the, is it like an electronica project? It's like a noise electronic. The, the electronic, Electronica thing is Mix Hell. Okay, yeah, that's what is, I was thinking of. Mix Hell's great. Yeah. Pet Brick is fucking awesome. It's just this crazy noise, live drums with electronic, like, like power electronic noise and just, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I really like it a lot. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, anyways, Igor is like, you know, just not at all what I expected. Yeah. You know, I was like expecting like, here's a metal dude that is into metal and right. like only likes metal. And seems yeah. like a pretty well-rounded guy. Very much so. Yeah. He's like way into hardcore. Yeah. And, like just really, I mean, just genuinely into music on yeah. like every, every front and like really, um, curious about music yeah. and, and wants to know more about everything. And it's, it's, refreshing because it's yeah. very much like me in that regard where I'm like yeah let's talk about this weird fucking Russian composer right you know like yeah so yeah that's pretty rad um it's funny about a year ago uh Soulfly had put out a new record and I'm listening to it and uh you know they have a 
tradition on each each of their albums. There's an instrumental track that's just Soulfly, and then whatever Roman numeral the album is. Yeah. So it's the last track on it. I'm listening to it, and all of a sudden the saxophone comes on, and I was like, and he always puts really interesting instruments, usually on the instrumental track. And I look at the booklet, and I look at the name, and I was like, huh. So I, I texted a buddy of mine. Uh, uh, do you know that band, The Pretty Reckless? Are you familiar with them at least? Yeah. They're kind of like a pop metal band, but the singer used to be an actress beforehand, and so it's a 20-something girl and then three guys in their late 40s. But So the bass player is a friend of mine. He's from New Hampshire, Seacoast, New Hampshire. But he started as a horn player. And so I texted him. I was like, do you play on the new Soulfly record? Because it's got his name in the credits. He's like... I don't know. Send me a shot of the lyric sheet or the credit sheet. So I did take a picture of me. He's like, that's what that ended up on. Cause the guy who produced that record had produced their last record. Oh, nice. He had just, you know, he had reached out to him and said, Hey, I got a track. I need a saxophone. So he was never in the room with him, but I was just like, Oh, that's interesting. So yeah, yeah no, I know two people who have done stuff that's with why. Max Cavalera. Yeah. I mean, so, I'd love to do some more. Yeah. Um, like the, they had somebody else on the, following record mm. and i think that record's better anyway mm. so you know like that um but yeah if they wanted me to do something else i'd be down for it right on no big deal right not, yeah. well i mean it seems like you're a pretty pretty busy guy so yeah yeah I, I, yeah I gotta, <laughs> I gotta chill out <laughs> <laughs> well i appreciate you taking the time man hey no worries thanks for yeah. thanks for having me absolutely it was great talking to you and uh I look forward to seeing you play with Kevin in a couple of weeks uh, when you're in Boston. Me too. Hopefully I know all these new songs. <laughs> right on. 